You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 175 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? What's happening in Gina World? Oh, my God, there's so much going on in Gina World. It's been a big week. And, yes, uh, why, lots, why, lots, why? What's going on? But, oh, well, because I've been um, uh, working on this really big project and sweating on the results coming through my way, right. and they did, so that's... Uh, worth celebrating I think I'm really happy you know when you don't know something's going to go you want it to go your way but you you always have those reservations so it was one of those very Uh, exciting fantastic and um yeah it's been a really exciting week what about you what have you been doing uh, I'm just knee deep in a couple of major projects which are, have not finished yet and uh, hopefully they'll finish in, you know, about 10 days or so. But until then, it's just head down, bum up and it's it's just a bit stressful to be honest. Yeah, but so, you know what? You know, it yeah. smells like summer. I don't know what your place, <laughs> how that feels. But do you, like, I keep getting uh, every day this week I've had this deja vu and it's like, what's that smell? And it takes me back to um, every November of my life when I was in school. For a minute, I'm back in high school getting ready for exams that there's a particular smell to this time of year it's a combination of like you get the rain you get the eucalypt you get the sun shot do you do you get that or do you trigger yes. by smells yeah definitely it smells like summer it's it's just gorgeous especially when you because i'm surrounded by a little bit of bush and a little bit of yep. ocean and surf so it's it's all it's such a great feeling and my town kind of feels a little bit like a holiday town in summer so I just get around in my flip-flops and my sundresses and and I wish summer would go on forever. I'm going to get my flip-flops out and come and visit you very soon. I know. Oh, I can't wait. Just, We're going to do some just shooting. Just like a local, I'm going to blend in, yes. Valerie. They're just going to go, oh, how long have you <laughs> lived here? That's what. That's my aim. Gina, the way you dress, you will not be blending in here. I'm blending in, Val. No, no, I'm going okay. to like – I'm going to like – Look at the wardrobe there, and I know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly what to wear. It's your look. Town. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I can't wait for you to, to come here and I can't wait to catch up. But we have a shout out to Natalie Ord, who is a member of the gold community over at GinaMilitia.com. Now, Natalie has been a member for a while now, and it's been so amazing to see her kick her goals. She has just gone from strength to strength mm-hmm. and her 
photos are fantastic. Um, she is having her first solo exhibition and Woo-hoo. I just, I'm just so excited about that. She posted recently, you know, uh, to the rest of the people in the community, thanks to each and every one of you for your help, advice and cyber friendships. And of course, huge thanks to Gina and Valerie for their help and inspiration. So her exhibition is in late February for six weeks and um, I just can't wait, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. You know, I know. How cool is that? So, so it's so awesome to see, like the the the, the style develop, the confidence increase, and then they mm. produce these amazing shots. Congratulations, Natalie. That's just like awesome. I can't wait to see the images uh, in the exhibition next year. Very very excited for you. Very excited. Um, and she's also got uh, um, she, her her work is also being. Exhibited exhibited along with six other artists um, at uh, in 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 her region as well mm. in another ex- exhibition in her region as well so that's yeah. she's just kicking goal after goal after goal amazing All right. Now, this particular episode is a snapshot, which means it's a mini-sode, as in a mini-episode, which we drop in between our regular programming because we've had the feedback from you guys that you don't want to wait a week before the next episode. So sometimes we answer listener questions, sometimes we have mini-interviews, and this week we're going to cover a question that came up in the Gold community, which um, is is an interesting scenario. Basically, somebody has asked the question in the Gold community, and if you're not familiar with the gold community, it's this awesome community over at GinaMilitia.com where as part of your monthly membership, you get regular monthly tutorials just directly from Gina that are created only for the gold members. And you also get the opportunity to have photo critiques from Gina, but also have a, a monthly live session with Gina. Um, and if you can't make the live session, we record it. And you can also pre-submit your questions to make sure your question gets answered. And of course, all the members of the gold community get special um, bonus uh, surprises, including Lightroom presets that only the gold members get and a whole bunch of other stuff and and courses um, because we think all of you guys are awesome. So anyway, this question in the gold community um, was a member shooting their first, well, maybe you can explain the question Gina (laughs) yeah so basically one of the community members is about to shoot their first wedding and they have been second shooting for a little while so second shooting is a wedding where you're not the main wedding photographer you're like the assistant to the photographer but you also have a camera and you get to do sort of the op the other angle or you're shooting details of the wedding so you don't have all the responsibility you're responsible for like you know the sort of second tier of shooting all the extra stuff that the main photographer can't get to so a really good way to dip your feet into the wedding photography uh, experience and and build up your confidence so that's what this person has done they've been second shooting and now they're uh, about to shoot their own their first wedding and Mm. they have uh, they're experiencing some anxiety and nerves and so the question was how do you deal with that how do you deal with that 
that um, pre-shoot anxiety and nerves and how do you, and 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 th- th- this person also feels that like you know am I ready am I good enough am I going to get get through this am I going to be good enough for this experience so um, that's I thought this is a great question and uh, I think well worth sharing uh, with everyone out there because I think everyone uh, possibly may go through a similar experience it doesn't necessarily need to be if you're shooting your first wedding it could be even shooting your very first photo shoot you know everyone Mm. first everyone experiences nerves so let's break it down a little bit more shall we Val yeah definitely all right, so where do we start on this one? Well, let's talk about uh, fear and anxiety. So, um, okay. <laughs> so, and 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 you know, this is something when you're experiencing anxiety, you have these repetitive thoughts, and you're you're uh, worried about. It's a fear of something that's going to happen in the future that hasn't happened yet. So it's your mm. mind basically mm. making stuff up or catastrophizing. Now, it's not that, um, you, you know, you should sit there and, and go through life going, ah, everything's going to be okay. I'm just going to sit here on my yoga mat. The universe <laughs> will deliver everything. Everything will be all right. There is, mm-hmm. uh, like, you're good at that catastrophizing. You are always um, 15 <laughs> stages ahead and you have uh, pre-planned for every possible scenario in any given event, right? I don't call it catastrophizing. I call it risk management. Yeah, that's what you have a special word for it, risk management. (laughs) And, And like you will list all the things that you've already thought of and I'm like, oh, and here's me thinking I was really good because I planned lunch today and tomorrow, <laughs> you know. So there's different levels of that. And it, I guess it's not until you the kaka has hit the fan for you <laughs> on a previous occasion that you understand the need to implement some risk management. So mm-hmm. that sense of anxiety, that sense of am I good enough, it's a, it's a couple of things. It's a bit of imposter syndrome creeping in where it's like a normal reaction when you're going up to the next level of something, your mind starts to keep you safe, starts banging on about all the things that you are probably uh not ready for to do this just to 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 try and keep you from getting into danger it's like a it's a it's a natural reaction but when you break Mm. down fear basically fear stands for false evidence appearing real it's stuff your mind makes up so how do you deal with it the deal to deal with it is like you can't stop those thoughts going through your mind you can't stop a thought and you know if i say to you don't think about pink elephants what happens? I think about pink elephants. Yeah, so you can't actually stop a thought from happening. But what you can do is you can take control and and try and uh, avert risk by saying, all right, what I suggest you do is you make a list of all your concerns, get everything out of your head and onto a piece of paper, and that's going to really help. And do it in the old school way, not in mm-hmm. a um, – don't like type it onto your phone or onto your computer because uh, it's not the same as the physical act of old school analog with a pen or a pencil and a piece of paper writing stuff down. There's something about that that whole action that 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 helps get that stuff out of your head. So 
On a piece of paper, you make a list of all your concerns and divide them into stuff you can control and stuff you can't control. So where I say stuff that could go wrong that you can control, it might be, are you going to have enough batteries? Do you have a camera? And if that camera breaks, do you have a spare camera? Um you know, this is all, is everything charged? Do you have all the right cables? Have you got everything that you need? That is stuff that you can, that is in your control. Do you know where you're going to shoot? Do you know how to get to the location? Have you worked out a, an alternative route just in case to get to, to where the ceremony is happening? What about the reception? Where are you going to park? Like you can, you can micromanage this as much as you need to, to make yourself feel better. Now that there are people who just are that anxious that they will want to think, well, where am I going to park? Will I have enough money for the parking meter? So, so if you need to go to that, go to that level of detail on the other side of the ledger you've got stuff that you can't control now that mm-hmm. might be like the weather or what if the, you can't control the weather I've tried you can't <laughs> or what if the bride who up until this day has been amazing turns mm. into bridezilla what do you do that you can't control that but you can and then you can divide that again into well if the bride turns into a bridezilla i can't control that tantrum but you know i've got ways that i can micromanage that i know who her best friend is or i know i can send this right person in or i i know a few techniques to calm someone down i'm not going to become anxious as she becomes anxious when it comes to the weather valve you can't control a torrential, you know, storm. You can't control no. it, but you can have a contingency for rain, which is something that you should do for every shoot. So, like, what if it rains? Where mm-hmm. can I go? Where can I take the wedding party for those hero shots? Is there a cafe? Is there a local hall? Is there somewhere undercover that we can go? What about the group shot? Where can we go? So just the simple act, Val, of putting all this stuff Mm-hmm. down on paper is going to be a huge help to um, getting over those nerves. Because Another, it gets it out of your head or like why it exactly? Your head and you're also problem solving as you go along. You're like, all right, right, so instead of stressing over all these things and just stressing in general, you have, mm. you've created a, um, a course of action and and if like if my what like what are the main stresses of doing a wedding well it's it happens once hopefully if they get it right and there's no do-overs on the ceremony so that's probably the most stressful part of it you as a photographer are responsible for capturing a day and it's not like a fashion shoot where you can go nah didn't get it can you guys can you guys do the kiss again? I missed it. Sorry. You've got to be there. You've got to get it on the day. And so mm. there's some big responsibility that comes with that. So, you know, going into a wedding and only having one camera and one lens is dangerous. But, like, if you know that, like, yes, this is the main camera I'll be working with, but you've also got the spare just in case with a spare mm. lens, that's going to make you feel a bit safer. Uh, as well as that, Val, if you've got – Uh, a really good 
file saving protocol, that's going to mm-hmm. save you a lot of heartache. Now, you hear those horror stories of that wedding photographer that leaves the bag in the car and the bag gets stolen and all the mm-hmm. files are with it. I'm always mm-hmm. thinking of that stuff. So when I do a shoot, a big event or something like that's the, any shoot basically that I do, I have this protocol that it's backed up uh, three times, four including the um, the memory cards. And then if I'm going to say I'm driving back from the event and I have to get petrol, one of the hard drives comes into the petrol station t- to pay and, and the <laughs> other one's in the car. Wow. That's how paranoid I am about losing until I get home and it's backed up a couple more times, then wow. I can relax. Yeah, because so these these are important Have you things. ever been in a situation where all four or however many you've got um, things have been destroyed or misplaced or something? Touching wood, touching wood, touching wood. Touching wood. No. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's always split. There's always it always goes uh, somewhere somewhere else. Uh, tell a lie. Mm-hmm. That time that I had all my hard drives in one spot in my bag on my flight to Mexico from uh-huh. Vegas, where uh-huh. the bag got stolen off the plane. Oh, by the people who the airline crew took it off out of the overhead hold. Wow. Took it down as the plane was taxiing. I'd had a th- three days no sleep in Vegas shooting mm. Val or shooting. Yes. And um, when I woke up in in Mexico, I'm like, "Where's my bag?" They're like, "We mm. d- yeah, it, we took it off. It's gone on the carousel. It's gone on, you know, went under underneath." And they oh. had all my hard drives from the all of the the shoot I did in Vegas. And did you have to, a copy uh, somewhere else? Uh, no, I had everything there in that point. So that's the oh. so you just asked me, that's it. But I got it back. I got it back. But there was oh, okay. forty minutes there where I thought I'd lost everything. Okay, all right, all right. So it's okay now. <laughs> Still, it made me really anxious retelling that story. I've got okay. like what is it? PT, whatever it is. Yeah. That's it, over, over files. Um, some other stuff that you can do to um, just to deal and manage with your anxiety is create a shot list. Now, this is something that I still do. It helps me a lot because just the act of writing down the shot list and like the way I do it is I like to do little sketches of what I want people to do. So this is more so for the hero shots in between the, the ceremony and the reception. It's like, you know, okay, shot one, the bride and the groom together, shot two, walking up the path. Whatever it is that you're happy with, your your go-to poses, have a list and you might have a little photo that, that that's something that prompts you. So even if you are really nervous on the day, you can just open up that shot list and go to it because, believe me, you forget this stuff and it takes a little while for this to become second nature where you just remember yeah. the Um, Another thing you can do, familiarize yourself with the location. So if you can, if it's not like, you know, a few hour drive away, go to the location at the time Mm. that you might be shooting. And this is for the first couple of times you're doing this. As you get better at it, you can get really good at turning up to a location and just finding the spots. But for your first few Mm. times... If you can get to the location, it kind of helps you to just familiarise yourself. Okay, so here's the wall and, and, and we'll shoot.
shoot here and shoot there. And then when you get there on the day, it's not as overwhelming. You've been there before. You, it, it feels a lot um, more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, okay. As well as that, I think um, for this sort of uh, – when, when you're shooting weddings, I know there's a lot of photographers that do shoot weddings as solo. I think it's a good idea to have an assistant. It's another set of eyes. It's someone else to watch your gear. It's someone to hand you cards. It's just that extra support person. It doesn't need to uh, be like that you hire a fully-fledged uh, professional assistant. It might be someone that you know um, – you know, it, like I know that a lot of people in the podcast community and the goal community are now working together. It's like Tinder for photographers, Val. It makes me really happy that they're, they're, they're meeting online and they're yes. working together and collaborating. I think it's a beautiful thing and they're helping each other with each other's shoots and then learning from each other. So it might be that you hire someone just to hold the reflector for you and so you don't have to ask the drunk uncle at the reception all the <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and but there will always be the uncle that's got a camera that's four times better than yours who you know <laughs> the, de- the dentist and he's got it like all the kit yeah I've got one of those yeah I bought that camera too I've got that uh, <laughs> he, he will probably help you as well if you need to um, so basically just make sure you over prepare this is not the time to test out that new pose you saw in the latest issue of Vogue Italia leave that for it. <laughs> test day stick to the poses that you know and that you're confident with and that you can Mm. demonstrate really easily so you don't get flustered same goes for lighting on on this day stick to safe and deliver the day and at there'll be a point you'll know it you'll feel it there'll be a point somewhere an hour two hours into the day where you forget you're nervous and you just are in the zone and Mm. you'll be okay and then at some point as you're comfortable you're seeing the shots you might feel like hey i've done i've got all the safeties out of the way i might experiment a little bit and let your hair down enjoy yourself a little bit so um yeah they're my um and practice 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 if you've got new gear practice putting it together make sure it works Make sure you understand it so you're not leaving anything to chance. It feels like overkill, doesn't it, Val, to be this prepared, but it's it's big. It's a big day. You want to No, don't I don't st- feel that's overkill at all. I think that these are all really great tips and I think that if you it's if, if it's a paid gig and yes. you're a bit nervous and it's your first time doing, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, I think that um, I agree with everything Gina has just said and I particularly think that creating a shot list and making sure it's as comprehensive as you can get it to be, but then going beyond the shot list because for me as a client, one of the most frustrating things um, when dealing with a photographer or dealing with especially a new photographer who might forget a few things just because they're nervous or, you know, they're a bit overwhelmed is when not everything is ticked off and you go, but we missed that shot. We missed that shot. So it's not even about the quality of the shots then, which the quality of the shots is fine. It's that we actually missed fundamentally what I needed to capture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So not only should you create the shot list as comprehensively as you can, go beyond that shot list. It does frustrate me when I have to spell it out and say, but have you got that? Have you got that? Have you got that? Um, 
and so go beyond the shot list. So you're getting a little bit more than what you, um, you know, had planned so that if one of the other ones didn't work out for some reason, at least you've kind of got some other options. Yeah, exactly. Um, and hopefully they all do work out, uh, but I, I definitely think that that is that's a really good idea. I, I do find it very strange when some photographers just literally get the bare minimum when they could have captured so much other, yeah. um, so much more character and so much more colour and so much more of the story and therefore had so many more options and potentially therefore more coverage either in a magazine and, and or more payment because more shots are being used and I don't yeah. know why more photographers don't do that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I agree with everything that Gina has said as well. So great tips, Gina. Yeah, just on um, that note too, Val, sorry, one more thing. Just make yeah, sure yeah. you do um, overshoot. Overshoot, mm. don't be afraid because the thing with For n- sure. new photographers is they believe uh, that, um, spending too much time on a shot or taking too many frames somehow makes you look unprofessional. It's the opposite. It's like mm-hmm. shooting mm-hmm. three frames of someone and there's like to make sure you don't get a blinker. And I'm not talking about the cocktail drinks shoot, you know, that you, when you're walking around the camp, three frames, you should have it when it's just that flash on camera, hi, I'm getting the cocktail sort of shots. It's when you're doing the um, – the light, you know, the the, the, the set-up shots, the posed ones where, where you're trying to capture beautiful shots of the bride, don't be afraid mm. to take your time, slow everything down and get the shot and make sure you've got the shot. Zoom in, check your mm. focus, make everybody wait while you're doing that. You, you do have plenty of time, even if they only give you an hour to shoot those do those shots you've got enough time and it's worth checking and overshooting get your safety shots first and then as Val said mm. throw a couple of others into the mix because you'll be inspired you'll see that hedge there'll be the pathway mm. there'll be something that you go oh my god look through that window here's another shot can we just do that just mm. you know get as much as you can and finally Val just one more mm. on the way in the car or in the train or however you're getting to the location really simple breathing exercise that <laughs> you are because you do, believe me on the way to your first wedding shoot you want to throw up into your shoe sometimes <laughs> you know so breathing exercises do help and I find the best one is square breathing where you take in a breath hold for four beats and breathe out and hold for four and in and hold for four and out and hold for four that alone actually will will calm you down it it it, it does work so you do that on the drive to to the shoot it really helps yeah Awesome. I um, was bridesmaid at a wedding once and the, the oh, photographer. Oh, no, 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 no. Back, back up. So, um, yes. the dress, please describe. It was like. Um, it was like a hot pink. Hot pink. <laughs> yes. Was there taffeta? It was like taffeta. Like was it was there, Thai silk was or there, something. Wait, 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 wait. Was there gypsula mm-hmm. in the hair? A what? You mean baby's breath? <laughs> That's it. Um, I can't remember actually, but it was strange kind of hair. Yes. What? So what did you have? Up, up. Did you have a like? What? It was sort of because I. It was sort of I had long hair, but some of it was up and some of it was not. 
<laughs> was it poofy? Was there, was there like, you know, lots of tool and did it? This is not no, a podcast no. about this what I wore as a bridesmaid. What else? <laughs> no, the dress wasn't too poofy, yeah. um, but it wasn't necessarily one you could wear again. But here's the thing. So there were like three, you know, bridesmaids and three What number were you in the, um, because I can't, were you head bridesmaid? Yes, yes. You were. And it wouldn't yes. work otherwise, Val. I couldn't yeah. see you. Well, one of the other bridesmaids was like the 18-year-old sister. So she got a lot of her own way. Really? Mere fact that she was the 18-year-old. Wow. Well, no, because she was the 18-year-old. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, the point is. Yeah. So there were three bridesmaids, three groomsmen. So you had to get wedding party shots, right? Obviously, yeah. with there's quite that's quite a number of people to yeah to wrangle, and the wedding photographer, and oh my goodness, I was all I could do to hold myself back, Gina, because <laughs> she, you know, she had all the gear, right? Yeah. It was all all fabulous gear, and she was setting up the wedding party shots and we had to take them at a number of different places just as you have to do at weddings and she would set us up you know on these steps or whatever and then she'd go okay click that was it (laughs) she took one frame and then she'd move on and and I said no 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 I don't I think we need to do a few frames here because there's no way that all of us were coordinated enough to be all looking at the camera or not blinking or eight, not scrunching our face or not squint, no squinting. No. Exactly. Like when when the wedding shots finally came back, mm. pretty much they were all unusable. Wow. Well, of That's the groups. such an epic fail. My God. Of the groups, yes. Unbelievable. Almost all of them were unusable. And it's like, why wouldn't you take several frames of the same situation? See, I don't understand that thinking. Is it just being economical because you don't want to process the fo- – was this film? How Was this a long I time ago, Val? Well, I don't remember, but um, it doesn't matter because, you know, it's not yeah. like you – it doesn't matter. It's a wedding. <laughs> Have you still got the photos? Oh, goodness, maybe somewhere. I don't know. Okay. I'll show you storage. my bridesmaid photo if you show me yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Somehow. Because I, I had think... blue taffeta, baby oh, blue I, taffeta. I think your bridesmaid photo is going to be worse. And Probably going to be worse, but mine are probably were actually um, possibly non-existent because none of them turned out. Because <laughs> someone oh. was always blinking, or you know, whatever. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, let's move on to Angela, who is in the podcast community. And if you want to join the listener community on Facebook, then just go to uh, search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community, and we'd love to see you in there. It's free to join. Uh, Angela said, just wondering if anyone can pretty please suggest some reasonably priced studio lighting. It's not something I use a lot, so don't want to spend a small fortune, but need to have something better than what I've currently got, which is too embarrassing to mention, that will produce good lighting. That's a really good question. It is. Yeah. 
so where what would be your recommendation, Gina? Okay, so a few questions that you need to ask yourself uh, before you know launching into buying gear is mm. how much are you going to be shooting? What are you going to be shooting? Mm. And how much can you bench press? So the reason I'm asking you how much <laughs> how will much you, be, can you bench? How, how much can you bench? The okay. reason I'm asking how much you'll be shooting is is it something that you're going to be doing day in, day out? Are you going to be doing something like school portraits where they're photographing thousands of shots mm. a day or many weddings or a, a busy portrait studio? That is that's going to determine the level of uh, gear, like how much the sort of quality that you're going to to need, because if you're going to be shooting day in day out, you want to have uh, professional uh, pro level gear because it's going to be able to withstand all the the firing and recycling. Uh, I, I picked up a um, uh, just one extra light. I've got like 50 million lights, but I needed one with just like a, I use it sometimes as a floor light or an extra little kicker. And I wasn't paying attention. I bought it at one of the secondhand, like a buy, swap and sell Facebook group. It was a bargain, but, mm. but and it was like a brand name, but it wasn't their pro level brand. It was like one under that. So, it, 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 okay. and I'm like, oh, it's pretty, pretty good. It's the lighting is a slightly different color. Uh, right and mm. B when I put it in with all my other lights on a big shoot you see how many frames I do when I shoot Val so a full on shoot maybe a couple yeah. of thousand frames this yeah. light after a while it capped itself I had to pull it oh. off the set and bring in the backup lights so th capped this itself is, really, is capped the technical itself. that's term a technical term it it's, in the, it's, yeah. in, it's in the photography encyclopedia yeah. to cack <laughs> oneself is to roll over and scream, die. Yeah. So basically, um, that is really important. If you are going to be shooting thousands and thousands of shots, I recommend that you bite the bullet, spend the bucks, and get something pro level. Um, the, the question about what will you be shooting is uh, also determines the kind of gear and how many lights you're going to need. So if you're just doing um, senior portraits or uh, sort of maybe smaller family portraits and smaller groups, you could probably get away with two to three lights that should keep you going. If, again, you're doing larger groups, big, you know, production numbers then you'd be considering needing more lights the final one how much can you bench is <laughs> the style of light that you buy mm -hmm. some of the lighting kits are going to be very heavy and they're designed and also the light stands that go with them and all the accessories are designed to be set up in a studio and they pretty much stay there they're not portable right. you want to think about lights that maybe that you can easily pack up and they're light and you can take them on location so you not only are you shooting in your home but you might be going on location and shooting in other people's homes or shooting mm. uh, portraits of you know executives in their offices and things like that so you want to think about size um, and uh, and also the weight now 
At, at a minimum, I think that you start out with a couple of 500-watt-second lights, and that's the power output. Now, just to put that into comparison, a speed light is about 80 watt-seconds. So a speed light on its own is okay for lighting single-light portraits, but what happens is they struggle when you get them outside in full sun, trying to overpower the sun. Mm. It slows everything down. They don't quite have the grunt. The way people work around that is they will double up a speed light so that they've got two speed lights in their modifier and that's how they they work around that. Now the cost of a speed light at the very low end is $80 compared mm. to at the upper end maybe six or $700. Same with um, studio lighting you can get cheaper versions and you can get start at around a couple of hundred dollars all the way up to a couple of thousand dollars for a unit same goes for light stands you can get the um, cheaper ones or you can pay a bit more with light stands I recommend you buy once buy well so so Probably, if you can, go spend a little bit more, get better ones. And mm. same with your light modifiers. Then you've got your optional extras. You might want a boom and you might want a background stand. Now, based on all of that, my first tip is to buy secondhand pro gear for the same price that you might spend on newer sort of third party or cheaper options. And there are plenty of cheaper options, but you're going to get something slightly better in the pro gear secondhand. There is a lot around. Um, I think one of the issues with Angela is she's out in country New South Wales, I believe. So it's hard for her to get to a lot of the locations, but you may have a friend that lives nearby one of the places where you're buying the lights. Um, mm. So if you can, I really would look into um, buying secondhand gear and that is looking at uh, some of the, the, the better brands and um, checking those out. So or like something like I think a good port, I, I use Alencrom gear for my, um, and I've had Alencrom, uh, Belcar and Broncolor and uh, they've all worked beautifully. Belcar in Australia, you can't service them. So that's another thing to think about. Who will fix the lights when they break? If you pick a brand that you want to use, make sure that there's someone around that in case you blow a tube or something happens, that they'll be mm. able to repair that for you. So if you're going to go new... Great advice. Yeah, if you're going to go with a new kit, there is um, quite a lot available, and I've had a look uh, at what, and it changes. The stuff changes so quickly, Val. It's, mm. it's like you look at stuff, and like within three months, there's like a new version of it. It's like phones, basically, with photography. Yeah lighting gear it just changes so quickly so um i've put a couple of links uh three links in the show notes for this one uh is a uh, impact um battery powered mono light kit so it comes with a canon controller so it's pretty much like having a speed light but it's just a bit more powerful so that's that 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 kind of system means that you can use that in a studio you can also take it out on location like shoot on the beach or out in a meadow um, and that mm. seemed like a pretty good kit. 
And then there's um, Westcott have got one, so a strobe light kit. So by kit, you also get the uh, the light stands, the bag that comes with it. And I think when you buy a kit, you can actually get good value as well. And then the third option was the Allen Chrome D-Light kit. Uh, so, and you get a couple of soft boxes and the Skyport triggers, the storage bag, and the light stand that comes with that. So they're so these, worth looking to. Yeah. These kits can range from, you know, 600 to $1,300, yep. depending yep. on which one you go for. And um, But uh, as Gina mentioned, they come with everything you need, everything. basically. Mm. Yeah, and I think the everything budget was around $1,000 that I had to okay. work with for this kit. Yeah. So I tried to keep it it's around great. that price. And so we'll uh, put the links, we'll put, we'll list all of these kits in the show notes, which you can find at ginamilitia.com and it'll it'll list all of the items that are in the kit, all the soft boxes, all the deflectors, the storage bags, the light stands and so on. And then if you are looking at something and it, it, it looks like you might want to buy that kit, what you do is then come back to the Facebook group and post hey, guys, I'm looking at the Westcott or I'm looking at the Allen Crom D-Light. Who else is using them? Pros, cons, you will get, you know, mm. a whole heap of replies and every, like, all the specs on them, what people like about them, what that – it's the best way to shop. It's, it's yep. you know, you can kind of buy with security knowing that a few other people are using them and they're very happy with them. I think it's a good way to buy stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's great. All right. Well, hopefully that's useful for you, Angela, and um, you'll have a new kit soon Uh, Hmm. fantastic we can't wait to see more of your shots all right so this brings us to the end of this snapshot gina we're going to be busy planning our shoot next week aren't we yes we are and i'm just about to be fun when I hang up from you, I'm about, about to record the CCs for the Gold Community. So, um, yeah, excited That's to do the that. Con- love, love. Constructive critiques of yep. um, photos. Yeah, Amazing. so it's uh, it's great seeing all of their shots and seeing your feedback on their shots for everyone in the Gold Community. So, I better leave you to it, Gina. I'm sure you've got lots to do. Uh, where do we find you online, Gina? So you can find me on all the social media sites. I'm at Gina Militia, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A, and then obviously in the podcast community and in the goal community every day, Val. Where are you? You can find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, connect with me on Facebook in the listener community. It'd be great to see you in there. You can find all of the show notes at GinaMilitia.com and make sure when you're there you also sign up to Gina's awesome newsletter, uh, which is full of lots of practical tips and and lots of free fun stuff that's only uh, available to newsletter subscribers. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.